gentlemen <laughs> the the cosmos has informed me that we are now tuned in to duck duck goose i am a track and my co-duck is armand van helden also known as zen helden in recent years yeah, yeah. more than <laughs> nice to see. yeah 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 it's nice to see you yes likewise it looks from the light on your from your computer it looks like like it looks like the sun is shining on you but you said it's raining it's or is it the miami thing where it was raining 10 minutes ago and now it's sun? <laughs> today is the one today's the day we get maybe one or two of these a month where it's literally like an hour of sun hour of rain hour of sun hour of rain it's been doing that so yeah it's, it's one yeah. of them days which is fine very very Pl- florida plant, thing. you know plants are thirsty <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well um we got an exciting episode so I would suggest, I would motion to get into our little segments. Going to talk about some cooking for a sec. Little, little this, little that. But we're both excited to bring on our guest today. Let's talk about food. Put, 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 this, put the sauce on it. If you will allow it, I will. I'd love to tell you about something that I learned how to make recently. Tell me. And 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 that is baba ganoush. Yes. <laughs> which yes. is as fun. My, my people. Those are my people. Yes. Baba Kanuja is actually pretty easy to make, I learned. Basically, it's just grilled eggplant that you mash up, mix with tahini and a couple things. It's literally just that. Yeah. Luckily, I have a grill outside my house, so grilling the eggplants is extra grilled. Yeah, yes. just because yes. you could put the eggplants in, in the oven, which is fine. Yeah, you can bake it, it, you can bake it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But putting them on the grill, I think, just gives it a little extra flavor thing. So. Here's a little trick about grilling eggplants, because if you don't do this, they will literally explode. You got to take a fork and poke little holes in the eggplant, because when it's on, when the, it's on, he- on the grill, yeah. Right. Yeah, on, yeah, well, yeah, right before you put it on the grill, you grab yeah, your yeah, eggplant, yeah. you take a pretty large eggplant, and literally yeah. you stab it with yeah. with a fork a couple times. Because if you don't I do that, when that. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, if it when it's heating up, it risks yeah. to. But it makes it makes to, it's logically totally makes sense. Yeah, like I almost feel like if even if you put an eggplant on and didn't know that, you would feel the urge to poke it. Yeah, yeah, like you'd be like this. This ain't right for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So you you poke your eggplant, put on the grill for forty five minutes. You rotate it a little bit while it's cooking, yeah. but roughly forty five. Damn, that's yep. a long grill. When it's done, it's yeah. like blackened on the outside, yeah. but that's fine. Yeah. So okay. and you so you rotate it a little bit. You want to get it all black on the outside. Mm-hmm. And then what you do, you let it cool off for a little sec, and you can like slice it open with a big knife, like like surgery oh. style. You just kind of slice slice it because then you want to gut it. So you yeah. you got a bowl, okay. <laughs> yeah, you got a bowl. You could take a big like a big wooden spoon, like the, a wooden spoon that you would like you know yeah. use for a, a super a, a, a pole pole. Oh okay, yeah, I didn't know that name, but cool. That's for wooden spoon. Oh nice. <laughs> and, I used to get um, spanked with it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Different strokes. Um, and you just like, you just gut the insides of your grilled eggplant. So then that's in your bowl. Take a fork and just mash that. You don't even need a blender. You just mash it with a fork. How much tahini was it again? Hold on, I got my little... Oh yeah, two or, th- two or three uh, tablespoons of tahini, which is kind of a lot. It's, it ends up being kind of like equal parts eggplant and tahini. There's really a lot of tahini and baba ganoush. And then you just add 
some olive oil, some lemon juice, a mashed up clove of garlic. You, you just mash that up. That's it. That's baba ganoush. If you want, you can chop up some parsley when you're done and kind of throw that in um, once everything is mashed up. Simple as that. That's salt and pepper. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not too hard, but long grill time, though. That's all it is. You, uh, yeah. you just, the grill does the work, and then yeah. you just mix it with a few things. Yeah. What you, what you got? I got nothing, but I thought of something. <laughs> I'm sure people do this, but like it's, I guess it's like a, it's just like kind of something maybe I've mentioned before on the show, but it's like um, the concept of like going to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's and dealing with, let's say, like a frozen item. For some reason, I just had the both. I bought two frozen items from Trader Joe's. Like it's one of them was mixed vegetables. Mm-hmm. Okay, just like I saw like a, a pack of organic mixed vegetables. Sorry, mm-hmm. organic. And then a pack of fettuccine Alfredo. And the fettuccine Alfredo from frozen from, from Trader Joe's. So, you know, it's a frozen. So it's a frozen pasta, frozen vegetables. And I basically I got like a big uh, skillet uh, pan. Big, yeah. not, not a skillet. Like a soup uh, pan, kind of. Um. Uh, like uh, what? I don't know where my brain is. Saucepan. Saucepan. Thank you. That's all. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. I forget that word a, big, a lot. A big saucepan. <laughs> basically, I put in the fettuccine, the frozen fettuccine. All you do is <laughs> carefully open the package. <laughs> yeah. Drop, drop package into pan. <laughs> yes. In a medium to high heat. Um, as it starts to get going a little bit, just a little bit, throw in the frozen veggies. Mm-hmm. Um, the fro- frozen vegetables. So the frozen vegetables be- being corn, peas, carrots, beans. That's the one I mm-hmm. got. And it's all four. You, you throw it in. Uh, but about half half of the frozen package, not the whole frozen package. It'd be too much. So it's mm-hmm. okay. package of fettuccine, about maybe half of the package of the frozen vegetables. vegetables. That's it. You stir it up. Six, seven minutes later, um, maybe eight, whatever. It's like, you know, you keep it on that heat, stir it. Uh, Trader Joe's fettuccine come in, they come in like wheels. Like the, the pasta looks like they're in like a pasta wheel. Like in this, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep. Five, five or six little wheels of pasta. Yep, so, I know what you mean. Yeah, like, they look like tumbleweeds. Like, yes, they do. They do. <laughs> yeah. And then you gotta, exactly. But as they get hot, they break down. But you gotta get it, you know, you gotta get it stirring. But don't, don't overcook, you know, like of just course. like as soon as it's kind of hot, you know, do a taster, boom, and just get it off, get it, get it out immediately. You don't wanna overcook it. And it's delicious. Mm. It's just like throwing two frozen things together from Trader Joe's. It's not rocket Great. science, but I did it the other day. I loved it. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh, my, my, my touch at the end is the good olive oil. So I put the Francoa yes. Sicilian olive oil on it. Heavy, mm. heavy. Not like you're pouring it on salad. Like I'm like, <laughs> like a lot of olive oil. That's basically it. You can put some red pepper if you want, a little crush um, black pepper, you know, on it if you want. Mm. I, I don't actually even do that. Just olive oil. Cool. Bon appetit. <laughs> yes. Should we interrogate the stars real quick? Stars have been in my favor as of late, supposedly. There are six planets in my zodiac sign. Wow. Aquarius. So six planets in Aquarius. Supposedly, something like this hasn't happened since the birth of jazz. Since the birth of jazz? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. Oh, yes. Whoa. And then, and then the last time it happened was like at the birth of, uh, uh, no, at the, uh, the incarnation of Leonardo da Vinci. No, I don't know. I'm making that up. But it, was just, <laughs> it is um, a bit of uh, uh, supposedly in the Renaissance. So we hey. could all use that. Yeah, exactly. We could all use a little bit of renaissance. This is our 
astrological section of the show, Atrax and Aries. I'm an Aquarius, and um, I'm about to read my brother from another mother's mm. zodiac. Though hindsight can be a gift, sometimes it just feels like a burden. It's painful to think about all the mistakes you made while you were growing up. Painful to think of all the choices you wish you made differently. This week, though, it is possible to look at your past with a little more softness. The world didn't need you to be perfect. It only needed you to try. Very true, by the way. Wow. That's like one of your amazing qualities. You're so down to go for the try. And not a lot of people have that confidence, I think, mm. is the word. And all the experiences, and all the experience you've had and all the choices you've made have led you here, where even if it doesn't feel like it, you're stronger and wiser and more ready than you've ever been. That's lovely. Thanks, Armand. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read your Aquarius weekly horoscope, and we are in your season. <sighs> <Let's see. laughs> connection with Not others can, yeah. connection with others can be such a frustrating thing people talk about community like it's so lovely and simple an uncomplicated good thing but in reality it could be maddening to share the world with so many others but at the same time nothing truly worthwhile can be achieved all on your own this week other people might surprise you might frustrate you might make you long for a little freedom Just don't forget that they can also offer the love and support you still need. They can make the world beautiful, sweet, worth living in after all. I, I think you do, you do, uh, you do treasure um, the, the people around you. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'm in a try and be in a constant state of gratitude. That's like my, yeah. my little daily mantra thing. You know? Yeah. It, it helps. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so cool. we've got... A great guest today on Duck Duck Goose on this final episode of, of Duck Duck Goose, our good friend Busy P, Pedro. Yeah. Pedro. Pedro. Pedro Winter. Pedro from the Daft Punk crew. <laughs> <laughs> And the fun thing with him is that we both know him very well, but from different decades, from different eras. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool to pass the stories along. You've got the original timeline, and I've got the sort of, I've got the chapter two. Let's bring in our uh, cheerful, tall, long-haired captain of the ship friend. Captain of the ship, yes. Very true. All right, let's bring in Pedro. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome my French cousin and our good friend, Pedro Winter, a.k.a. Busy P. Bonsoir, long time bonsoir. friend. Wow. Yeah, long time Mongoloid. friend of the Ducks. Yes. Mongoloid. is representing. <laughs> eh ben, bonsoir. Hello, my friends. Really, Hello. really happy, really happy to, to, to catch up with you guys. Um, and as, as you said, it's been a, it's been a, a, a long time. We know, we know each other. And what, what makes it even more, uh, uh, funny and exciting is that, uh, We, 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 we connected at different times, of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. Armand, uh, uh, in the, in the, in the past century, you know, to, to, <laughs> to, to make, to, to make it, uh, very old. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and you, Alain, uh, oh, probably at the end, uh, in the, in the end of the 90s, in fact, like it was also the, 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 the past century. Yeah, I think I, I, the first time I remember really meeting you was like maybe 2005. But, oh, okay. But, but, but maybe there was, 
some passage before. But I'm sure you know what we, without knowing each other, and yeah. and I know recently you've been uh, digging into your. Uh, Uh, yeah. flyers and everything yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we did we did a few shows with Daft Punk in uh, in Montreal yeah and of course there is a, an age difference between you and us yeah yeah um, I, I will not I will be polite I will not ask your age uh, dear, <laughs> dear Etrac it's okay but uh, but the, the, the little you know even if it's five years difference mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. different sorry um, uh, this is where the, the where the gap is And when, when Daft Punk did um, the, at the time, it was just a, a DJ set uh, at the Stade Olympique. Yeah. Moby, Moby was playing. Yep. But I think, yep. I think you were I also, uh, yep. you, 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 you played. Uh, and, uh, and if my memory, memory is good, it was before the 2000, you know? Oh, for sure. That was like, that was like 98 maybe yeah yeah something like that yeah i think 98 there was <clears throat> there was uh, these rave promoters in montreal called 514 productions yeah and they did big raves um one of them was called swirl and the other one was called cream and they, they did those every year and the lineups were incredible and yes yeah, i've been looking at the flyers recently and it's like you'll have like Daft Punk, Moby, but also like the Beat Nuts and like, you know, like, uh, and Razel, Rock Raider, me. It's like all this variety. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, was a, it was a good time. And Armand, uh, we connected, uh, yeah, mid 90s, uh, probably yeah. Miami Winter Music Conference, the Golden Years. Yes. I actually, I, the, I remember the exact, I actually remember the exact the whole thing so it was oh, yeah? we met be yes we met we met because of junior sanchez and so what it was was we were at the maxi party and mm. maybe i'm gonna say uh, i'm gonna say 95 maybe i think 95 i i think no 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 the, the year it, because the, we came for the first time in miami in 97 with that oh, yeah? 97 or, or 96 really? or 97 no it has to be 96 96 sorry 96 Homework right. was 96. That's fine. That's, that's fine. Homework was January 97. Okay. Okay. So we so probably say, came the, the year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, 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 but we, okay. Well, I feel it's further back, but it's okay. It's not important. But it was at the maxi party. Junior Sanchez comes up to me. He goes, Daft Punk is here. And I was like, oh, because we, we knew, we knew uh, at that time Defunk. And we knew, um, um, Maybe the first tracks on the rocks. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was. I think that was it. Um, I think. I, I don't. Don't quote me on it. And then I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, because because we had saw an article, a very small British article that showed a picture of that punk from then." And we were like, "Junior, remember? You know, Junior's a bit obsessive. You know how he is." And he's <laughs> like, "Oh, I think that's them. I think it's that." He's like, "But he ended up meeting you guys first. I'm sure you were there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And um, and then he goes, he, I, I didn't see him for a bit. He comes back. He's like, yo, Daft Punk, did you want to meet them? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Then we met. We started talking. We were at the maxi party. The maxi party was starting to end. And everybody was hungry. And we went to, um, we walked to, I don't back then it was called, um, it was an Italian restaurant called Tiramisu. I think that's what it was called. <laughs> it is now, it is now a Friday. So it's on Fifth and Ocean. And um, um, we, we ate in there 
And Junior had drunk a lot. So and and so he was he was he had drank a lot. I I had drank too, but I was I was just nice, you know, just in the pocket. And um <laughs> and we were all just having a really good time. We were talking and uh, you know, of course Gee Gee Man was well with with that punk and you and Gee Gee knew zero English. And so <laughs> we were talking and then there was a lot of like talking, but then translate to Gee you know, that kind of thing. And it was just a really good time. But I remember specifically, I always remember the negative, right? So I remember just Junior being a bit, he got obnoxious because he's just like, he was just happy, but like it, it he goes a bit overboard, you know? And yeah. everybody wasn't at his level. So everybody was kind of looking at me like, can you please remove this guy? <laughs> so, <laughs> they were like, you, "Hey, Junior, they're this is like for you." Me the hey, yeah. But all oh, love to Junior, man. I well, love that guy. He's my boy. Course, you know, it, that could have been me in the same scenario. You get excited and you have too many drinks. It's normal. But um, but it, but I remember that specific moment. So we, we were excited too, uh, Armand. But uh, it's funny because like, so Miami at the time was really you know, like uh, important for all of us, uh, you know, yeah. this is where, uh, especially yeah. for us, uh, European um, uh, yeah. uh, labels or DJs, this is where yeah. we were meeting all our heroes and we were meeting the world, you know, and, 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 and what was important for the uh, club industry and, and, uh, and house music uh, when, when it meant something. And, uh, and uh, we, we were going every year and it was also where we could meet you guys, you know, of course, the first year we didn't know each other. And then the more and more, it was like, a, like a, a, a pilgrim, uh, you know, like <laughs> to, uh, uh, to, mm -hmm. to, to meet all our friends and to spread, starting to spread, you know, the, 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 the records. So at the beginning, it was the Daft Punk record. Then we came back with Stardust. Uh, Daft Punk, yeah. Then we came back with Stardust. Then we came back with a new Cassius on and on. Mm. And, uh, and it's true that we, 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 we had you like, uh, as a American cousins, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And, and, and you had your own crew, you know, in, uh, in, in the, in the U S and we starting to be a bigger crew too in France, you know, with Cassius, yeah. with, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Bob Sinclair, with all the French scene at the time, you yeah, know, which, exactly. which was, uh, and, uh, and, um, and we were excited by, you know, it shows our side of the, of the, yeah. of the ocean, you know? Sure. So we, we, we had really, really good souvenirs from, from this, uh, Miami time. And of course, I have to share with you, Armand, that without knowing, you witnessed also the first time I met my brother, DJ Mehdi. Uh, yeah. Wow. And who yeah. Alain uh, know very well. Yeah. In fact, I met Mehdi in 1998 in New York. Yeah. And the Daft Punk was playing a crazy party at Twilo. With uh, Roman yeah, Tony, yeah, yeah, François yeah, yeah. Kevorkian, and Cassius. Yeah, and wow. Cassius brought, brought DJ Mehdi in New York with them after they were recording like a MC Solar record. And I yeah. met Mehdi that, and I met Mehdi that night. And we yeah. all ended up at Armand's place, uh, near Central, uh, near, um, uh, Times Square. 40, uh, near yeah, Times Square. Square. Yeah, Times exactly. Square. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And we were all crazy going to Armand's place, you know, like you were full of records and everything, like, <laughs> yeah, like the studio and every, and we were like, we were freaking out, you know? Yeah. And this is the yeah, day no. I met Mehdi, like it's uh, March, 1998. Yeah. Cause, yeah, cause, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they were all, uh, the Cassius guys and Mehdi all produced, uh, MC Solar, like hip hop beats around them, yeah. right? 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, this is the, and also, this is why, you know, it makes even more sense, the, the connection with you guys. Uh, yeah. You know, having, having, having this double background, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, influence, uh, you know, like uh, by Frankie Knuckles and uh, Eric Sermon, you know, like I exactly. Did, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, uh, exactly. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> uh, Frankie Knuckles and, and Eric Sermon. No, <laughs> yeah. no, because I was speaking, I was talking about EPMD earlier, like, uh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, but that yeah, explains and, everything. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, Ben Armand, you told me the story of, of when when they came to Miami with the Stardust, like the sort of the white label, right? Yeah, the, oh yeah, the, there's a number. I mean, I, I have a specific memory of you, we, we, us connecting. We had already connected. We were at that point when, when you, when Tomas and Guy uh, made Stardust with um, Alan Brax, of course. Um, they uh, already, uh, we, we were already friends. Remember, we were already mm. like, yeah, yeah. we were kind of like, Almost the crew already, but I don't know if we. I know we were. We you guys were already Mongolians when you. Yes. Yeah. yeah dude, you, I wonder if people actually, know that. Junior that made, actually, Junior made. No. Actually, Junior made you Mongoloids night one at at the at the Italian restaurant in Miami Beach. He was <laughs> oh, yeah? just like, "You guys are now Mongoloids," and they, <laughs> you guys got happy. I remember that. Ayak, like, yes. We were doing ayak. Yeah, we were going ayak, ayak. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. So you guys are Mongoloids. From the moment we met you. <laughs> Wait, what's Ayak? I don't even know that. Ayak is how you Ayak is the scream. To, it's oh, the, yeah? It's, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's just the, uh, what you say back and forth. But Junior kind of took it from, um, Junior Sanchez took it from, um, borrowed borrowed from yeah. a, an actual, another gang in New York that he was involved oh. with as well. Oh, okay. Um, and, and so, in a way, Mongoloids is like a side chapter of the Ayak. But it's, this is all, first of all, I'll just explain Mongoloids real quick. I know this isn't, Maybe the time, but I'll just do it. No, you should, you should, yes, you should do it. Me and Junior Sanchez uh, at my house in New York wanted um, to uh, – we were kind of tired of, of DJs. Uh, at that time frame, a lot of people wouldn't come together like and join. Yeah. Um, like uh, they just didn't have any unity. So we were yeah. like, okay, let's, let's get the Mongol – let's create something like a Wu-Tang for yeah. house music. And that yeah. was it. It's not rocket science. And we didn't have a name, but it was that was my idea. It was explaining the idea to Junior. It's like we there should we should have a crew, and yeah. then and then so Junior goes, oh okay. And then like later in that day, we were talking about races or something, and I was like, well, I, from what I know in anthropology, there's only three distinct races on the planet: uh-huh. Caucasoid, Negroid, and Mongoloid. You know, things that <laughs> it doesn't isn't it's a very racist theory, uh, but yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, a yeah. thing. It was a thing back then at a time. Yeah. And yeah. then when I said Mongoloid to Junior, Junior was like Mongoloids, you know, like that. <laughs> and then that's how. So we're like, okay, we'll start it. We'll call it the Mongoloids. It just all so, happened like in one day. Yeah. But the, yeah, because like in um yeah. your song with Sneak, uh, Psycho Bounty Killer, mm-hmm. it goes Ayak, right? It's like bam, bam, Ayak, and I took Ayak. that from. I Lord never knew what that's because Lord Seer was in the same gang. Oh, yeah, you know, it's in the. I I, I mean, it, the the name of the gang was Constipated Monkeys. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, MF Doom was in the Constipated Monkeys. Exactly. KMD and exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. That's why also Curious George, Subliminal Records had like something Constipated. Wow. Like, it's an odd thing, but anyway, this is way off track. We got Mongoloids. We're good. Let's get back. To it. Okay. So, like, it's yeah, so yeah, yeah. But that's but that's what happened. So Daft Punk became Mongoloids, and then. You guys rolled up and 
with the Stardust promo at the at another Maxi party, and but this yes. one, you guys were booked. Oh, it was a Maxi and, you, and Giant Step. We have to big up yes. Giant Step. But you big were, but you were booked. Yeah. You guys, so Daph, Tomas and Guy were booked to spin at it. And you got to understand, I know them. I knew them up to this point. We all were literally up Louis Vega's ass. Like we were literally like Louis and Kenny. It was just like they were the top yeah. of everything in that in those years. And we mm-hmm. we to be to be asked to DJ or even be in the vicinity of them and their crowd, like it, that's insanely nerve wracking because mm-hmm. it's like like you know like it was just crazy. But they did you know Daft Punk did fine. And the the best thing that they did is they came out and they started with the Miami Vice. Team. The, yes. Mi- Miami, <laughs> the Miami Vice theme, their first theme, song. Yes. You know, he, Pedro, the helicopter, me, the helicopter sound. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. So Pedro yeah. gives me the white label Stardust. I'm like, okay, cool. To me, it's just like, okay, it's just another, like, you know, ripped up, like, you know, like a techno. Kind of, I don't know what it was. He's just like, yo, this yeah. is the new, our new thing, you know, but I'm just holding on to it. I got, you know, you would already have a stack at that point from, from yeah. other too. So it was in the stack. And Daft Punk comes on and they start with the Miami Vice theme and everybody, these are like, these are like real house people. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, you know, like real heads and they're just, everybody's just looking around at each other. They had no idea what to do with themselves. <laughs> and I'm literally like, I was in ecstatic joy. I, yeah. first, I grew up watching Miami Vice. I love, and I was like, the balls alone. It's like nobody understood what was happening. And, okay. and and nobody's moving. People are just looking around each other, and I'm literally like, "Yes!" I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, break!" Because because house people were very pure in those days, right? Yeah. People? So yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very pure. But anyway, yeah, they came on, they played it, and that that's that story. So and, and, and went on that. But the next, the second record was Stardust. That's when they started into their house. And and then people, yeah, exactly. And then they went. No, people went crazy. No, Sneak, me, Sneak, and Junior were standing together when Stardust got dropped, and that thing. It went from the Miami Vice theme, which is very light and thinny, you know, like 80s mm-hmm. light, to like yeah. the biggest sound you ever heard in your life on a sound system. Like we were like that because the big, you know, the subs in Stardust are like orgasmic. And we're literally like, we just look at each other like, yo, and then we go running to you. I don't know if you remember this. And we go, what's that? And he goes, I give it to you. You have it. I give it to you. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. We're like, you we're freaking out. We're freaking out. <laughs> What was Maxi? Was Maxi uh, Kenny and Louis thing? No, it was a record label, Maxi Records. Oh, okay, I don't remember. It was uh, Kevin and Claudia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 I remember. Yeah, the, the label of uh, Seven Fisher or something, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They did okay. Pal Joey Records. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they did, they did a bunch of things. Bunch of and to, just, to, just to finish on this uh, Stardust uh, yeah. uh, white labels, Again, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to 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 put our uh, uh, friend Fatboy Slim in a bad uh, position, but yeah. just a, li- a little story I'm sharing with you because yeah. it kind of hurts me when I, you know, I was twenty, you know, we were twenty-two years old at the time, you know, mm-hmm. and so those white labels, you know, so as Armand said, you know, I probably had less than one hundred, okay, so we sh- we have de- we carrying them from Paris. And we are so proud, you know, of course, to give it to the right people uh, and our friends. And of course, Fatboy Slim is king of the game at the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm going to see him again. I'm, I'm a rookie, you know. I'm, I'm, and I give it to him. 
again, I, I can forgive him because it was probably <laughs> late in the night or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's taking the, like the 12 inch. He doesn't even care or whatever. Yeah. And then like maybe 20 minutes later, I'm, I'm finding the record on the floor, you know, with like a, <laughs> <laughs> a footprint on it. Oh and I, wa- I was devastated. Uh, and, uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah that, that it's, you know, but it, it's, it proves also the, you know, like the, 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 the power, you know, of a, of a white label and of, of a vinyl and look at us, you know, like uh, you mm-hmm. are more front of yeah. your stack of vinyls. Yeah. I know Alain also, you, 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 have a, you're attached to this, uh, Oh, for sure. Thing, you know, and, 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 uh, I think, um, this is why, you know, I wanted in my, in my office to have all my records up from the, you know, I used to have all my records in the basement. Mm. Uh, and I said, no, I, I, I want them around me. I want yeah, you know, yeah. to go back. Uh, w- sorry, I left for a second the screen because I was trying <laughs> to look for the Mongoloid vinyl, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I couldn't find it, you know, like I am. <laughs> I have some other stuff, you know. There you go. Oh, God. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, no, yeah, I got, I got a, a, a full stack, but uh, yeah, I couldn't find the um, the, uh, the Mongoloids, but I have some. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have some. Uh, yeah, I have plenty, yeah. but for some reason, I don't know where is the Mongoloids. Uh, 12 inch and also but just to there, but there, yeah it's it's a strictly rhythm 12 inch and there's only one really there's only one mongoloids release mm. so mm. And, and, and and now by I, the way, I can since, tell by the way since we're on mongoloids just because we're on it do you do you have a memory i have a memory of either it might have been you or tomas but i feel like somebody we were at my house and and it was the mongoloid thing had been now over a year, year and a half, almost maybe two. And I feel it was you, Tomas and Guy, we were like, we should do something with this. Yes. Do, yes, do yes, you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, Definitely. man. Like, so the thing is, Definitely. Is we, so that's the memory I have, and we, but we never did it. But wow, like we should have. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, let, yeah, me, yeah, let me yeah. find a little thing I have here. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, to 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 close the chapter of mongoloids, but yeah. look what I found, uh, Armand. Uh, oh wow! I've never seen that one. I don't know if what? you can see. Yeah, yeah I yeah, see yeah. it. Whoa! What? That and look at the lineup. Crazy. And this, you know, when you're talking, when we said like we should do something. Uh, yeah. When oh, you show look, me the you know, address. I, I I think I remember this this party. Show, what's the address? Uh, it was the tight artist management party. Uh, yes, I have the T-shirt. In I have South the, Beach. I have the, I have the so T-shirt. I think this one is probably um, uh, uh, like '98 or something. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, it's you, yeah. Junior, Sneak, yeah. Roger Sanchez, Doc Martin, uh, Bear, Bear Who. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bear Who. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think da, this was punk, correct. No, not on da this punk, one. Right? I think this one was the one the year before. Oh, got it. Okay. Or yeah. if that because the one Daft Punk did. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, again another little trivia for uh, for the, the connoisseur. Yeah, uh, Daffen got uh, the record box of Daffen got stolen that night. I don't know if you remember. Wow! Oh, wow! Yes, in Miami, and I think they were. It was you know in the so it it was the year after in the uh, in the not the Fontainebleau. I forget the name. Like a basement of an hotel where I think oh the, the, the Faina. 
I forgot the name. I forgot. Maybe. I forgot the name. Mm. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, so mongoloids definitely uh, part of this uh, uh, French-American connection. Yeah, uh, Look, and of course, this is, and then this is oh, the flyer that I sent you the other day for the Montreal party with five one four cream. Oh, with Brand Van three thousand. Yeah. Wow. Is wow. That, is that, David, that Morales. David Morales. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm yeah. like. I'm like somewhere around here, I think. Wow. In small. But yeah. <laughs> wow. And then, so you know what's funny for me is in those years, right? While all these stories that you guys are talking about, nine, nine, well, 96, not yet, but like 97, 98, I was doing the DMC stuff and scratching. Mm. And I started getting booked at raves, even though I was all, all I cared about was hip hop and scratching, but ravers love scratching. They just watch it and they... <laughs> trip out right <laughs> like weird looks like the um light shows <laughs> with the, the thing with the lights i think that's how they react to scratching so i would get booked at these raves but i was like really not aware of all these house and electronic djs <clears throat> legends who were playing at the same events as me because i didn't care about any other music mm. than hip-hop in those years so um my, my first time going to Miami for Winter Music Conference was 1998, the year of, of Stardust, I believe. I went there with the X-Men, Executioners, you know, Rock Raider and those guys, uh, Invisible Scratch Pickles. Uh, that's when I met Craze, who lived in Miami. And I was doing all these, a couple of scratching shows. And so when, uh, you know, like, what, nine years later, when there was the Daft Punk Alive tour, that was 2007 that the tour went to the U.S., Pedro, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2007, so, yes. Yep. So I, I went to the Coney Island show in New York, and that's when you introduced me to the robots. That's the first time I met them. Oh. And, and um, so I, I went, I go, oh, it's, man, it's great to meet you guys. And Thomas looks at me and he says, I remember watching you in, in Miami in 1988. And that I couldn't like – like my brain exploded i was like wait you knew me like in my head uh, I, yeah. I knew their music for years and uh sim I, same similar thing when i met sneak around those years i met sneak around like maybe 2008 and i went to a show of his in la and uh and i was like man it's so cool to meet you finally and he's he was like bro we played shows together in toronto like 10 years ago and i was like what and i felt i was i was, I was embarrassed because i felt like i wasn't paying attention when I was a teenager, but it was crazy for me to realize that they knew, they knew, they remember. Oh, of course. And, yeah. uh, and I even, you, you know, um, the, in the, in the, in the mix of like, uh, uh, scratch and, and, and house and techno, uh, yeah. Kid, Kid Koala yeah. did one of his first show just yeah. before Daft Punk in Miami, like probably like, um, 89, oh, cool. 98 or something like that. Well, that's what's cool about that era yeah. when I look at it now. And even when I look at the flyers, like mm. the one that we're talking about, it's like there's something about 1997, 98, where like, it's funny. Like, I think we tend to think that the genres used to be very separated. But in those years, there was a few events where people from really different scenes were playing the same shows. And like, I almost forgot for a little while. Like, I, I, for, I, I would think back and... and sort of have the impression that everything used to be really separated. But yeah, you could see a Ninja Tune type thing like Kid Koala. And there was a few rap groups that would play raves. 
far side. Yeah, but played every yeah, wave. But it wasn't. To be honest, I, I don't. I, uh, again, it also depends. It depends of your point of view. You know, uh, like uh, you know, from one continent to another. Yeah, but for yeah. us in in Europe, it wasn't that much the case, and uh, it was really you know you were either like a techno head or a hip hop head. Yeah. And this is what yeah, makes us you know different. You know because. Yeah. Uh, uh, we were able to, you know, to to uh, uh, to go into to be hundred percent into in DJ Premiere at the same yeah. time, getting hit by Dave Clark and and yeah. getting crazy, you know, and yeah. and um, and also once again, I don't want to speak uh, for hours about uh, Daft Punk, but shout out to them because they they kind of open the you know the the, the boundaries for 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 everybody, you know, when yeah. you listen to their essential mix. Uh, there is a disco, then there is like, a, uh, you know, Sir John, which is like a pure techno, you know, like, a, mm -hmm. and, uh, and they were, and they were mixing both without, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, playing, the rules. Uh, playing, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and they, 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 they break the, the boundaries. And this is why we also, we, 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 we get along with Armand, you know, uh, yeah. Armand was, you know, exactly the early days of strictly rhythm making big room bangers, you know, like, uh, you know, like for the, for the pure music club music, you know, when you're yeah. listening to Witch Doctor, you know, it's like either like a rave anthem, but also like a big, you know, uh, you know, a big club record, like a club. Exactly. When you're in a big nightclub, it fits. And at the same, yeah. and at the at the same time, uh, we all knew uh, Armand uh, was like a, a, a crazy, you know, uh, uh, hip hop uh, hip hop head, you know, like uh, uh, yeah. And <laughs> and and um, and for us French people, it, it it was what we were looking for, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's but actually I, and, and all I, the line. Hip hop is the line that connects us all, actually. Yeah, hip hop is sure. actually our biggest connection. Like that's yeah. our foundation. And it's because hip hop is yeah. like yeah. hip hop's a religion, man. Like that's like yeah. it's 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 deeper than just a, ta a taste in music. It's it's a mentality, yeah. and and so even so, even in the early years of Daft, like even in the homework years, when you know obviously the the singles were playing on on television up in Montreal, so I would see the video for for the funk and around the world. And in that time, like I mentioned, I was really just listening to hip hop. But I remember liking them because the way that they chopped up samples, they were mm. using a sampler. I didn't know sp the specifics. I didn't know technically what SB, machine yeah. they used. Uh. Yeah, maybe back then I didn't know, but this it hit my ear in a way that I liked. Where I was like, yeah, this this feels like my language, kind of like them and Basement Jacks. Mm. I I could understand it. And then <laughs> later on, you know, I, I I got into it. But Pedro, I I have a clear memory of when we met actually. When so I I got. It's funny, I didn't get booked in France for a really long time. Like when I first started doing the DMC battles, I played in France mm. a few times. The, my second DMC, 1998, was in Paris. And that same year, I played the Printemps de Bourges. Oh, okay. So I, I did Bourges also. When it was like, I think Rhinoceros played, like it was sort of that era. And then I didn't get booked in France for like seven years or something. I was playing in the rest of the world. My career was okay, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't have a connection with France. And um, in, I'm pretty sure it was 2005, I got booked to play Clark, a Clark magazine party. Okay, at Rex. Uh, at Rex, exactly. So yes. shout out to Guillaume from Clark. And, and I think he booked Sirkin as an opener for me. 
and Teki was the MC. And, um, and I had just gotten to know uh, Mathieu Couturier because he was a friend of my brother. Oh, yes. Um, so shout out to Mathieu also. And so I'm pretty sure while I was in town for this Clark show, I'm pretty sure Mathieu took me to your office. Someone took me to your office and was just sort of like, hey, you guys should meet. Um, it was 2005 or 2006. And, but what I remember is uh, you and Somi were there for sure. I don't remember who else, but definitely you two, both of you, could, because uh, you guys uh, burned a CD of some Ed Banger music that was new. A lot of it was not out yet. A lot of it wasn't mastered. The volume was really soft. Um, but it, it was like Uffy Records, the Sebastian remix for Uffy, Seba, oh, yeah. a couple of oh, Justice okay, so, yeah. Records. And, yeah, 2005, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and Bertrand Somi drew on the CD for me. I, I wish I kept, I might have it somewhere. I wish I kept it, but I remember he just drew a little, he did a little drawing and he was like, here, this is for you. And I came home with all this unreleased new French electro that was like this brand new sound. And, um, and then I didn't meet, I met Mehdi like maybe a year or two later. I didn't meet Mehdi right away. Cause of course oh, okay. we all like once, once Mehdi and I met and became really close friends, then we used to see each other all the time. Like me, mm. you and Mehdi would see each other many times a year. But at, my first visit was when I went for this Clark magazine show and I had this oh, precious yeah. CD that like no one in America had this thing. And, and it was a period in music when very few people in North America, just a few people on a couple of blogs were starting to notice yes. this new sound in Europe. And what you guys were doing in France, Switch in the UK, mm. you know, maybe a little bit of early Crookers or maybe that was like one or two years later, Simeon Mobile Disco. And I was discovering that stuff on blogs so when I came back with that CD, it's like I had this precious, it was like my version of the Sardis <laughs> yeah. <white> label. <laughs> yeah, 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 nice. Yeah. That's great. I have a question for you, Pedro. Um, uh, this is a bit, a little more academic because I wrote it down. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it, it, it leads into where HVAC was going. Um, so, well, basically, like, when I think of you, like, you know, obviously we have history. And I think about, but you're, you understand, you're very, very successful. Like people need to understand that. And it's, we've been in this business long enough to know that people come and go, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's just people pop in, they get a couple of years, they're gone. Um, and I think this is something very important that people need to know, at least from my perspective, when I, how I see you in a sense. And so this is, I wrote this one down, but just, just bear with it. So I say, in my opinion, you're a very successful futurist. Like a, I don't, you know what a futurist is? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, you get it. So I go, you have an unmatched talent, sorry, of knowing what's going to happen in the future of music. And then many of your records you signed are the ones that folks come back to and say, this sound or style started here. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? That's and true. then my, my, my question basically is, how do you do it, number one? And then, and, if, and is there a process or is there something particular <clears throat> you need to hear to, to make you decide on these or to know? How do you know? 
is basically what I'm saying. Wow. Okay. So first, Armand, <laughs> well, big love to Armand. <laughs> I will, I will edit it and put it on repeat. And uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, to like uh, uh, first, you know, of course, you know, like I'm, I'm accepting uh, all this, uh, this love. But I'm not alone. I'm not alone, you know, in the, in all this, yeah. you know. Maybe you know, I am the one. Uh, uh, people can uh, can see because I am the captain of my uh, of, of the boat, you know. But uh, I'm not I'm not alone, and I'm and I'm lucky, you know. I've met and I've crossed paths um, with incredible talents, you know. We've been speaking about Thomas Engiman of Daft Punk before. Then I met the Just Kids guys. I met the Cassius guys. I met DJ Medi, and I, I you know, it's like uh, I am a, a poker player, and all my cards are. A king and queens, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so but, I, I, first I feel very lucky, you know. Yeah, but that's. I feel like there's more. This you have something. You must have something that you go. No, but there I, is, of course. No, but there is something after, that you go. That, you know, there's ten things, and then you go mm. that one. Yeah, and why? Like when, you know, like, like why? Pedro, that one? You, you received the demo from Sebastian, right? And you heard that, and you thought this is interesting. Not not everyone can, can I mean, notice that. It's yeah. it's it's crazy again, Alain. You're choosing Sebastian because yeah. there is something maybe few people don't know, and maybe you don't know. But Sebastian came to see me with a hip hop project, ah. and in fact, Sebastian came to you know he knocked the door of this office like in yeah. 2005 or something, and he came with uh, an American MC. They okay. knock my door and say, oh, Pedro, we know you love hip hop. Can we play you some tracks? And I say, yeah, play me some tracks. And they play me, honestly, like a, a crazy copycat of Timbaland and M-Tunes, which I love, you know, like yeah, they, sure. they are some of my favorite producers. And at the end, I told them, yeah, it's cool. It's super well done. I was impressed with the production, but I told them, how can you compete with uh, mm -hmm. Neptune's or, Tim, or, or Timbaland? And, you, you know, it's super well produced, but... Uh, it's it's a bit of waste of time and it's a déjà vu, you know. So mm -hmm. they, they 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 were a bit sad, uh, but Sebastian just before uh, hitting the road gave me another CD and said, "Oh, I'm also making you know electronic music on my uh, when I have time." Yeah. And I said, "Okay, sit down." And I played, and of course, this is where I listened to Smoking Kills uh, and some other tracks, and I told him, "Wow." Uh, and this, <laughs> this, you know, I wanted, you know, and especially the character of Sebastian, you know, like uh, really dark, you know, really, uh, really shy, you know, mm -hmm. the opposite of me mm -hmm. and uh, also different from uh, Mehdi or Justice. And I told him, OK, that, that's interesting. Uh, play me more. And the next day, I think he sent me like a, a medley. He didn't send me one track. He sent me like a 10 minutes with... Mm. Uh, you know, uh, 20 beats on it. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, sh and I choose some of them I wanted to, to release on the label. And we started like that. And today, honestly, Sebastian, for the, the, the viewer uh, here, some of them might don't know him, but he's definitely one of, of the, of the genius I met in my, in my life. Yeah. No, that's, that's what yeah. I, I yeah, didn't know yeah. the exact yeah. story, but I remember there's a story that. Seb the, that there was a Sebastian demo. I remember just that this is a demo. In other words, like this is not like, it's not a friend who told you, hey, check this guy out, that this was genuinely like a demo that you heard. Because to me, Sebastian is like the architect of a sound that mm. lasted many years, right? Like it's kind yeah, of, but, he, 
Yes. And, and you yeah. heard and something there. Yeah. I've heard something and also something that, again, connects us for me. And I know it can sound weird when you're listening to his music. But he was like a, a DJ premiere of electro, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know the way, shopping shop, yeah. 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 the way he shot yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and also yeah. he's, he's, he was producing hip hop before, you know, uh, uh, producing electronic music, you know. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, he had he had a groove, he had something uh, different, and and this is why also he is one of the favorite artists uh, on, on the label, you know, for, yeah. for for the people, you know. We interviewed the DJ uh, premiere on on our podcast also. Which was cool because even him, people think of him as just a hip hop guy. And he spoke to us about all the different styles of music that he listens to. Um, oh, yeah. And we also, uh, we also interviewed uh, David Guetta, who talked about when you were a young promoter. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah, I wanted yeah. to ask you a little bit of yeah. history, Pedro, because yeah, a lot of people know that you were managing Daft Punk when you were very young. But before that, am I correct in saying that the, this whole the adventure started with you being a club promoter in the beginning? Yeah, this is where it all started. In fact, uh, I was uh, I, I was a really a club kid, you know, like uh, yeah. I, I was going out, you know, Friday and Saturday in Pigalle, uh, a, a, club, a club nearby called Folies Pigalle, exactly. Mm. And it was, you know, like 95, something like that. I, w I was a bit fed up of a rave at the time. You know, I was going to rave like in the early uh, uh, 90s and it was far away. Uh, yeah. music, music wasn't that uh, funky enough for me. And I wasn't wasted enough. So one day I realized mm -hmm. that <laughs> and, I, and, and I discovered club music, you know, and I discovered uh, Laurent Garnier at Rex and I discovered also this more houseful and garage music. And this is where my devotion for uh, Kenny Dope and Louis Vega started, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 94, something like that. I can get no sleep, you know, like mm -hmm. for me, the, if there is one record, uh, you know, house record I will cherish all my life, it's, yeah. I can get no sleep. And wow. I, I, wow. I, 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 I decided I wanted to, to, to go uh, clubbing that way. So I was going out a lot. And I became friends with the promoters and, and they liked the energy. And they, one day they told me, Oh, Pedro, why don't you do your own night? So they gave me, uh, two Thursday per month. Yeah. Okay. And I did parties there and I booked, uh, Dimitri from Paris, DJ Gregory, uh, wow. Daft Punk. It was, it was like really like the new kids, you know, from, from, from Paris. And yeah. uh, even though Dimitri is older than us, but it was like mm -hmm. something, you know, like, uh, and, uh, and quickly, uh, David Guetta was running. David Guetta at the time, he was the really the king of Paris nightlife. He ran Queen, right? Queen? Yeah, he was doing yeah. Queen, uh, Bataclan. And then he moved to, which is the craziest club ever in Paris, called Le Palace, which, mm -hmm. we, which is to be, to, for Amer our, our American friends, is the Studio 54, the Paris uh, Studio sure. 54, mm -hmm. let, let's say. Yeah. So he, he became promoter there. And he was booking Frankie Knuckles, uh, David Morales, uh, like uh, Louis Vega, Kenny Do. It was like insane, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He brought a pit tongue, you know. It was like really a big, big deal for us at the time. And yeah. I received a call. I'm 20 years old or 19 years old. Oh, hello, Pedro. I'm David Guetta. I've heard your party is doing very well at Folies Pigalle. Uh, we like, you know, the the... the at the, at the time I was, you know, I was doing skate, I was into skateboarding, 
And in fact, I was bringing inside the club the kids who couldn't get in, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. The, the, yeah. The, mix, the mix was great. You know, it was like, of course, the gay scene because this is where I grew up. Mm -hmm. the, the gay clubs in Paris, this is where it, 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 it was happening, you know? If you mm -hmm. wanted to listen to good house music, you had to, to push the door of, of gay clubs. And mm -hmm. the gay French, the gay Paris scene really... Uh, open, open uh, their arms to me, so I, I, I will never forget. So we we had like a crazy mix of of people, you know, uh, skateboarders, uh, gay. Uh, it was also the drag queen times at the time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then he called me and say, do you, would you be up to do Le Palace every Friday? There is a, a a room at the first floor called Le Fumoir, the smoking room. <laughs> and, and, of, and of course I said yes and the club was like the 200 people or something like that and then mm -hmm. so sometimes when I look at it so I did one, like one year there and every Friday and I have a, a flyer I, I could show you like one Friday is Daft Punk the next Friday is uh, Bob Sinclair the next <laughs> Friday is uh, Motor Bass and Cassius then the wow. next day is uh, DJ good. Deep and DJ Gregory or it was it was insane and and the intimacy intimacy mm -hmm. closeness I guess yeah the closeness yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's crazy because in the main room like two thousand people were like dancing on the on David Morales and yeah. upstairs it, it it was us and Armand I have yeah. I have to shout out, to to shout out you and Philippe Dar of course because mm. Philippe uh, played in the in the fumoir. And he played the year you release Funk Phenomena. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Funk Phenomena, Armand, <laughs> is again, I oh, think, a turning, a turning point, yeah. uh, you know, with that red man uh, hook. And yeah, Philippe, yeah. honestly, he played it three or four times the same night. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Funk Master Flex style to play a record many yeah, times yeah, like yeah. that. Oh, man. <laughs> and we went we, we, we should say We should say yeah. that Zdar was an excellent DJ. Like people yeah. really know him as a producer, mix engineer, but he was a hell of a DJ. Yep. Yeah, yeah he, had, he, had, he had his own grooves, you know. Yeah, yeah. He was dancing a lot uh, behind the decks. Uh, of course, mixing, uh, you know, uh, from uh, Roman Tony to uh, Moody Man to Armand yeah. uh, to, to well, Fela, you know, he was into yeah. Fela yeah. a lot and he was wow. able, you know, to mix all this together. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it was a, a, a pure joy, you know, to, to see him behind the, the turntables. Yeah, well, you know, say, you know what it is? is oh, go ahead. Go I was just going to give a quick shout out. Pedro, you're an excellent DJ. People know you as oh, label yeah. head, hell entrepreneur, yeah. but like just yeah. for the record, I've, I've yeah. always been a huge fan of your DJ sets. Uh, I always love so to much. watch your DJ sets. Yeah, well, thank that's, you. It's that's, not, it's, that's 100%. It's, it's, yeah. Thank you. So it's, not, it's yeah. not easy because, uh, especially, you know, now growing up, and this is why now, you know, last week I did uh, my first uh, stream Streaming. DJ set. Yeah, it was the one of the first one I did. And it's hard because I want to play hip hop. I want to play, you know, like I played like a new French hip hop track I love. I mm. played like a, a more abstract uh, singer from uh, Russia. And also I like banging <laughs> clubs. So it's hard yeah. in one hour, you know, to mix all this. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. but, but, but yeah, I love, I love, you know, I, 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 I was lucky, uh, you know, I started to DJ in 1995. Uh, in fact, when I was doing my parties, Mm. I was either opening or closing because no mm. one wanted to do it. 
So <laughs> I had to do it. And, uh, and this is where I learned and I learned from yeah. the best, you know, again, yeah. I feel very, yeah. very lucky. Yeah. You know, the first time I DJ in my life was yeah. after Dimit Dimitri from Paris and Dimitri ah. from Paris is, is a God behind, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the decks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ar Armand, you were going to say something? Yeah. Yeah. You know what it is? So the scene you mentioned that you developed, like it's like your earliest days and you in a sense unknowingly i think unknowingly is the thing you just felt like like you said like skateboarders and drag queens you know that's an amazing statement you know if you think mm -hmm. about it and because that's not that wasn't necessarily something that happened stateside because i was here not not mm. skateboarders mm. <laughs> so yeah, i think that's right? amazing but that says a lot because really like one of the things i was going to ask was like you know like given the the history of you know what you were doing i don't think you knew so getta said we interviewed getta here and he was saying that he's like he was saying just if, if i say something wrong here just say i'm, I'm wrong mm -hmm. but he says something to the fact that he goes he goes generally french people are not cool but he goes when but when french people i'm paraphrasing he goes when french people are want to be cool or strive to be cool they're the coolest in the world <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like in other words, yeah, so I think, I think like, he said something like in Paris, there was like a small group of cool, cool people and yeah. they were the coolest people in the world. But they were probably else the coolest cool. people <laughs> in the world, but it was, but those, he meant you and your crew yeah, yeah, yeah. and the thing yeah. you developed. He was talking about what, what the thing you may have in a sense naively just put together because you, you were doing it off of your, the love of the, the, of a wide range of music and just smashing it all up and let's see what happens. Um, but, but he was saying that, but, but that he was saying that France really isn't that cool as a whole, but he goes, but when French people want to be cool, they become the best at it, you know, and <laughs> that's an amazing statement because it actually does prove itself because the, it's in the music, you know? So, yeah. you know, um, but, but I but think most... all of this is because of what you developed. Like it's, you kind of laid the, I want to say the tracks for the, the French disco house sound and all, if they start, this started to become like, you know, a thing. And I guess my question is, is, well, uh, yeah, the question I would ask out of it would be like, you know, well, did you know, was it like, I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not going to ask, did you know, but I guess the thing is, is here's a great question. Why does Frank, why do you think the French make disco house the best? <laughs> because they do. <laughs> no, but that, that's that, that, yeah. that, that's crazy. That, uh, yeah. but I think you know there is a, a, a first French producer have a story with disco. You know, like uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of yeah. course, there is a, a big scene in in Italy. There is, of course, the the Moser, the, the Moserland in the US uh, uh, with, with disco. But French producer, uh, mm -hmm. in fact, they flew to New York to get inspired and brought back, you know, the, the, the juice and produced yeah, it, it. The <laughs> they, 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 themselves, you know. Yeah. Wasn't, uh, Thomas, wasn't Thomas' father a, a producer? Of course, yeah. Thomas, yeah. Uh, Thomas uh, father, the, the Daniel Vanguard. Yeah, Gibson yeah. Brothers. He did, he did the Gibson uh, Brothers, yeah. Ottawa, Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did plenty of uh, uh, classic... Uh, uh, disco records, but yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I have I have I have no idea about you know how, how comes uh, French uh, uh, goes disco. But no, the, me what what I now what we can see you know being uh, you know twenty or thirty years later is that the I think the worldwide clock 
uh, get along together, you know, because we, we, when people think about French touch, they only mm-hmm. think about, you know, filtered house disco. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you did it. Uh, Snake yeah. was doing it very well. Sure, Paul Johnson sure, 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 sure. was doing yeah. it very well before, uh, before mm-hmm. that punk. Uh, Kenny yeah, Dope yeah. and, and Bucketheads is yeah. definitely oh, and, cool. And, the number, and, and something very important that Tomas even told me on a personal level, he told me that it's like, hey, you know, we're just doing relief. <laughs> like, because really? really relief records, Cashmere, Shout uh, yes, running the label. Definitely. And all the Chicago. Because when he said, it's when he made Tracks in the Rocks, and he was saying yes. that, he's like, oh, you, you, know, want, you wanted ins- it to be, yes. Yes, he's like, my inspiration for what I'm doing is relief records. Like, he told me that. He's yeah. like, this is, and it's, it's obvious, but in Definitely. the time frame, you didn't, you didn't necessarily put it together, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but um, but, no, but still, that, yeah, that, maybe maybe it's birthed out of the states. But here's the thing: a lot of those re- releases on relief, sonically, they don't sound like Tomas's records. No, like of Tomas yeah. or or, or Tomas Enki together, whatever the case mm. it is. But let's say Tracks on the Rocks, whatever. Let's just use that one or or, or whatever. It's like mm. Tomas's uh, ear for something mixed beautifully, but can be hard driving. Mm distorted techno but it still sounds 100 times better than a relief records Hmm. relief would have a good song medium bad good it was all over the place tomas was just always (laughs) yeah but it sounded fantastic their their secret was the the compressor you know i know that and i think think this is what makes you know the sound of you know that time you know especially of that punk the 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 use of the compressor and then everybody discovered you know the yeah yeah the the magic touch yeah so it is but the thing is he he really took it it's almost like it's like maybe how people talk about led zeppelin they go hey yeah led zeppelin is the blues mm-hmm. and they 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 stole it if you want to say but they made it better you know what i mean like they made it their way and sonically mm-hmm. better you know what i mean well so, that's what's you know, cool with influences yeah. right like each person that each person that borrows something then they yeah. they add something to it also yeah but um Crazy. So Pedro, we we know about the Daft Punk years, um, especially late '90s, and then Ed Banger started what year? Two thousand four or two thousand three? Two thousand three. Yeah. So, so t- t- we we are celebrating the uh, 18th anniversary of Ed Banger now this year. An adult. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Damn, I remember playing. I think I, what was the big New York party? The seventh anniversary. The sev- seventh anniversary, Anna. Yeah, at like Terminal Five. At that was cool. Terminal Five. Yeah, that yeah. was really packed. Terminal yeah. Five I was, was, was a crazy was party. Yeah, I was yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, so, and then what was going on for you, like early two thousands, like two thousand one to like just right before you started the label? What were you doing then? Uh, I was at the time, you know, it was uh, so two thousand. Uh, one, of course, we had a discovery of discovery, Daft Punk, yeah. uh, which is going to celebrate the 20 years of discovery next month, which is crazy Amazing. to realize. And uh, it was the time I started, you know, of course, I was super happy and busy with, with Daft Punk, but this is the time where I started to, you know, work with Cassius, work with Mehdi. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, I quickly realized you can't work, you know, the way I work with Daft Punk with other artists. So mm-hmm. uh, I quickly realized I couldn't be like a, what like a, what people have in mind like a, a manager, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my role with Daft Punk was very specific, 
and 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 the job I did with Cassius or Medi was also a different. Uh, Yeah. So at the time I was uh, working a lot for, uh, for, for, for different artists and who are my friends. And, uh, I've, then we moved to, you know, like 2003, 2004. And then you realize, uh, the, 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 the French touch sound, uh, is go, is going a bit down. You know, there is a, a lot of, um, uh, uh, attention, you know, from the, the big majors. But a lot of um, uh, uh, fail, you know. Like they, everybody wanted to sing their Daft Punk, and, yeah. But 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 luckily, there was only one. So yeah. Uh, so the vibe is going a bit down, and uh, kids are trying are, are selling their uh, their techniques, and they are starting to buy amps and guitars. And yeah. uh, and, the, and 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 the Strokes is uh, stealing the game, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. And uh, well, this is how we we felt, you know. So yeah. me, I I I I I kept I kept the energy, you know, um, uh, working with some uh, French electronic artists, uh, Cosmo Vitelli, uh, some other mm. people. Yeah. Then Daft Punk released uh, Human After All, which was yeah. their third album, uh, yeah. like 2005, and you realize same the attention is not that crazy you know yeah just to put it back in 2005 me i human after all i love it uh, you know steam machine and mm-hmm. I, i i love this record but the the fan the press people is kind of a meal you know like uh, yeah. not, not not crazy so you we we can feel uh, there is something uh, going on and then this is when i started on a, on 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 my on when i have time Ed Banger, and then mm-hmm. I met uh, Mr. Flash. I met uh, Cass, uh, uh, Justice, and then mm-hmm. we released in 2000, uh, what 2004 or something like that. Uh, we are your friends. Yeah, uh, never, never yeah. be alone. The Justice yeah. versus Simeon, yeah. and uh, and this is where I got my energy because if it was only about the scene going down, then luckily I had this energy and mm. the the hope. Saying like, okay, we can still, you know, make the world uh, uh, move uh, yeah. by by yeah. mixing, you know, again um, being at the mid crossing point between the indie kids of Simian and the yeah. Strokes, uh, the house heads, uh, you know, of Daft Punk, and of course the hip hop kids we always uh, connect yeah. with. So, and we were at the right crossing point of those. Uh, energy and, and audiences and 2006, 2005, you know, get the energy back uh, and travel yeah. and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Wow. And then I met Armand in 2006. So then yeah, our, yeah. our adventure started then. Yeah. And uh, it was good to see. And, it was good. Oh, God. Sorry, sorry. No, no, vas-y, Armand. No, no, no. Continue, continue. No, no. And, and it just like uh, starting just, just a little point, you know, for, for the viewers, starting a label in 2003, was mm. probably the most stupid idea, you know, like everybody was telling me, how come you're launching a label? Record stores are closing. Distributors yeah. are closing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, music is going digital. Uh, yeah. What's wrong with you? And especially yeah. I started the label with a, 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 a double side. Uh, one side was Mr. Flash, which was kind of like a DJ shadow instrumental hip hop track. And the other side was an electro beat from Zdar. So definitely <laughs> not like a club record. 
But yeah. for me, for me, it was important this to be the milestone of Ed Banger. You know, this like, like a statement, just to ex- a statement yeah. completely. You know, wow. Yeah, wow. I don't remember this Dal record from the from the the first single. Oh yes, what was yeah. it called? Uh, so that was the I don't, oh, sorry for the light. Yeah. So that was yeah. the Mister Flash oh. side. Yeah. Okay. The other side was the MPC. <laughs> wow, that's a cool cover, man. Yeah. yeah. And cool. so that this is the first Ted Banger uh, record. And the Star yeah. track on the B side is like a pure electro track. Like, uh, he, he, you know, I went in the studio and he had like some motor bass, uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, DAT, that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and, 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 and he played me that song and I said, man, I want this to be the first, uh, Uh, give it to me. I want it to be uh, uh, the, the first. Uh, so yeah. So cool. the, the, we have like a. It's, it's a crazy story for me and Philip. You know, like uh, yeah. uh, I. You know, when when he passed, um, uh, like a, a year and a half ago. I. This is where I realized he was there at, at key moments in my life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, he, he was our big brother because mm-hmm. with the different guys we were sm- we were younger. So we were really uh, um, looking up, uh, to looking up at him, you yeah, know. For yeah. you know this, yeah. you know, I have it with me. But the uh, motor yeah. bass album, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. incredible yeah. Uh, motor bass yeah. album, uh, like uh, was so so important, you know, for uh, for us. And then realized he was there when I started the label, you know. So it's 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 it's, it's insane to have like a. You know, like a key people who mark your life that much. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. So I'm saying this with a lot of en- positive energy because it's only you know it they only gave me uh, uh, good good energy. Yeah. Of course, yeah. of course. Really cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing that you found that thing at that time, like you stated. You know, like where everybody's like, oh, don't start a label now. You know, but meanwhile, mm-hmm. again, something you know, Pedro, that credit to you in a sense is that, you know, it's just your vision, you know, it's just like, I remember specifically that era too, which is down, you know, 9-11 happened and the whole record industry mm. just went down the tubes. It was just like, people didn't, it felt weird to be like, you know, six months later after 9-11, like, oh, I got this amazing song. Like mm. we were all excited. Everybody's just like, nah, it's kind of, it was just a weird year or so of mm. music after 9-11. Mm. Because it was just people weren't ready for the party again per se. I mean, they want they were out there partying, but mm. it wasn't just. We needed a lot of time to get processed. Nine eleven, yeah, that's what it was. But um, it's it's but, it's um, but you, when you did the label, it's crazy that you, in a sense. So let's just say let's hark up to now, and then I'll shoot back. Like so, now when you meet like when I meet somebody that's young and they tell me about their musical taste and they'll play me five songs. It'll, it'll be like a house song, you know, house based song or, or there'll be, you know, not necessarily rock. And like, but let's go back, let's say maybe like six, seven years ago where it sounded like you had rock was still around a little bit and you had house mm-hmm. music and you had hip hop and everything. And everybody was borrowing from each other. You know, really what it is, Pedro, is you had started that to me, the idea of that, you know, like the idea of like, Oh, we can make club music, but it, like it, you know, adding metal guitars is okay. It's okay. It's not <laughs> yeah. bad. Like, like take, take a Metallica chord 
and then let's yeah. just play with the Metallica chord on the key. I mean, hmm. not normal. I'm just saying, not a normal thing. <laughs> not a lot of people would have did it. You know, it took a person like yourself. I was there. I watched these records come and go. You know, like they, you hmm. know, I would get them. Play, I'd be like, okay, I'd be like, Pedro's on some crazy shit. But I'd be like, <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't see what you saw. I didn't know that Daft Punk jumping on certain people combining. I'm, I'm going to say the word EDM, but EDM didn't exist. So I'm going to say dance music. But mm, the yeah, idea yeah. of rock, a rock sound and a dance sound was a crazy idea in those years. It just, you know, Electro Clash was starting to happen, but Electro Clash was still a little different. They, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Pedro and his team, like with Justice and everything, they were literally doing rock. Like it was mainly like a rock song, but underneath it's like a 909, you know? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it just was crazy. No, but, hey. it, but the because of you is the reason why, to me, was the renaissance happened after this. When you started it with what you did, I'm kind of hovering on the fringe. You know, I didn't live it like you. Like you were mm. immersed in it. I was like probably a poser. But the thing <laughs> is, it's like I'm seeing it and I'm like, I'm enjoying it and I think it's cool, you know, but I'm not living it. So I'm kind of posing. Yeah. But basically like what you did was you made simply this because I mean, a track has had the story. You made Coachella come to house music. So you mm. took indie rock and house and you did this. And I think it's you. If I honestly think anybody, it's you and, you know, that funk in the early stuff, like it's Simi and stuff like that. But it's really because of your guys is the French vision on this is the reason why all kids now can go, oh, we went through this amazing renaissance of music from, let's say, 2006 to 2012, let's mm-hmm. say, right? Mm-hmm. And that was some of the most amazing indie rock that came out and House combined and, and then Geta comes and does Sexy Bitch and now rap, is, <laughs> rap wants house music and it's like, ah! You know, but it's because, <laughs> of, it's because of you, in my opinion. In my opinion so... <laughs> no, no, it's it's it's, uh, it's crazy, but uh, no, yeah, like um, uh, it just the, the the most important is to to try to you know like uh, to like uh, uh, me. I'm not I'm not trying to win. I'm 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 just trying to do. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. uh, what makes me happy. It's exactly you know the feeling you have. You know, like oh, what's wrong with those guys? You know, like uh, putting out like a heavy metal disco. You know, and uh, yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> And, 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 and like, it's hard for me to say it because I, I, sh- I shouldn't, you know, uh, uh, like put a word on it, but my biggest influence are the Beastie Boys, you know, and yeah. what they did, what they did with the hip hop, I want us to be w- what we are doing with uh, electronic music, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and it's not only my, my responsibility, but, all of us, you know, I think the, the, the thing, the, the uh, when I'm talking about, you know, the Beastie Boys of Electronic, you know, uh, that's include, you know, Errol Alcan, Soul Wax, uh, James yeah. Murphy, you know, I think we had like, we had this little, uh, well, like this little, this, uh, you know, this uh, rock and roll twist that needed, you know, uh, electronic music to become what it is, as you said, you know, going into Coachella, uh, uh, being, you know, like, uh, uh, being a music that then what then kids can relate to, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, even though, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, 
uh, uh, uh, dissing electronic music, but you know, to 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 grow up, you know, it needed, you know, like a, a, a new. Um, like a, a new generation, like a new chapter. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Without, you know, again, with, with a total respect, you know, to the, to the ancestors of Detroit and Chicago. And sure. we, we've been, we've been saying it enough, you know, to show yeah, our yeah, respect yeah. to, to, yeah. you know, the, 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 to the American scene. But of course, we, 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 it was important, you know, to, to, to do it ourselves, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, to the point where I think, when you when your scene started doing parties people started dancing differently it's literally the crowd was actually the crowd was jumping it was a new thing when 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 there was an end banger party they were jumping like it was a rock show and i remember when that started coming to north america it was a surprise to a lot of people because people were like there's a dj on stage but the crowd looks they're they're like they're at a rock show this is different Yes, but, yes, but you, I, you I can, yeah. yeah, but you can, you can see, you know, like I, I totally agree and I, and I've, and I've seen this, but also you can also read this a bit differently. We made people who don't dance, who used not to dance, to dance, you know, like we mm. took the rockers. So this yeah. is their way to dance, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> you know, I, for me, this is more what we did, you know, we took, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, the rockers uh, shake yeah. their ass. And yeah. <laughs> we took the and and again we took the hip hop heads getting crazy and uh, stage dive you know yeah. and then you realize when you go to a Travis Scott concert today the crowd looks like a Justice concert you know of like uh, uh, so yeah. no no that's yeah. it's it's yeah. all about energy you know like uh, and, yeah. and 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 you know we, the the three of us you know we 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 spend a lot of time in clubs of course you know of course th- there is uh, nothing. Uh, more beautiful than a dark room with a fat sound system, a disco ball, and people dancing, kissing, do whatever they want into, you know, like getting together at the same, you know, beat. This is the magic of night clubbing and, and of our culture. But mm. it was also fun for us to break the rules and go inside of clubs and then kick the party and people get, get getting wild, you know, and jumping all around. Yeah. You know, it was it was also funny, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's actually, by the way, that that the, the when 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 um, track was mentioning your parties and the way people moved is an amazing statement because yeah. I was also blown away by that and I noticed that and I would never thought about really totally mention it now where that came from and I get it now because I noticed because when I started hang with a track he would take me to things like you know a track was on on the edge you know you guys were like on the edge again I was a bit. I was just to me. I was always like I always put myself in the has been box. So you know, I was always I was like I'm, just, I'm the has been box. So so he would take me to his things that he was involved with. You know these cool like some you know the basement at Love in New York, like these weird little spots or whatever. Or um, Studio, Studio B, B in Brooklyn, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I would see how the people were moving to his things, and I noticed that was very different from where I come from in house music. You know, yeah. and because he would. Yeah, he'd be DJing and the crowd, the, the amount of energy, it was like, I mean, house music had energy. Don't get me wrong. Mm. You know, people would chant like, do bird calls and go ahead and go get it, girl. And, you know, it was energy. But this thing was like, it was like, it was like total chaos, like nonstop jumping and people 
you know, a drag would spin. He'd be like, "I'll see, just uh, and he just would. I would see him just back up ten steps and run twenty, and just go flying <laughs> into the crowd. And I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like, I was just like, you know, I'm like, "What? Whoa!" And I'm like, and he's just like, everybody's holding. I was like, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yes, yeah, it's different. But it's the dude. The energy was insane. You know, it was insane in those days. So. Crazy. And there is, there is also. Yeah. I have to. I have to. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's okay. Just because I'm thinking also one thing. Yeah. Yeah. That connects. That connects us, and yeah. which is a key key part of the of the of of Ed Banger Records is the art director of the label, Somi, and mm -hmm. uh, and Somi. Yeah. You know, of course, yeah. we we came up with the sound, but we yeah. came up also with with an image and a, and yes. and a kind of a, a vision. And and a taste and uh, and I have to to send love to Somi for bringing this to giving this to the label and fun fact for people who don't know but the art director of Ed Banger Record directed one of the crew, the, the the biggest and sexiest video of Duxos yeah, of absolutely uh, <laughs> yeah Barbara Streisand you know Th yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. for yeah. thank you for allowing us to borrow borrow him. For a video, yes, exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for but, lending uh, it to us. Yeah. No, no. But well, speak, well, well, speaking of that, Pedro, too, I'd like to ask you. Um, I have it. I have it written. It's it's related to this. Is um, yeah. I want you to. Is it? it I want to. I'm going to try and get you to like tweet your own horn if that's okay. Because I think it's. <laughs> I think it. I think you're being too humble. So, <laughs> kind of what I want to ask you is is like because I know you. I understand. I know you from the old Daft Punk days. So. There you go. Okay, great. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> let's get let's get humble. <laughs> yes, let's get unplugged. Exactly. But what it is is, I'd like to know if you can think of any things offhand that you know are your idea that you brought something, and you can go like you can go back to the Daft Punk days, or because I feel like there was all of these choices. You have choices of video, choices of logo, choices of musical style, or. Or do that song, don't do that song, but mm. just just like Jones, to your, to your own horn for a bit. Like, just tell me some stuff that you like because because the world knows this is because I said do that, <laughs> you know, kind of like that. Wow, uh, yeah. wow, that's that's a, 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 a big one. Um, <laughs> no, no, that, no, no, that's that's yeah. a big one because I'm not, I'm not again, you know, like I love, you know, the the the, the way we all work together, you know, like uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and. Uh, the, the 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 Spike Jones, you know, for Daft Punk, of for Daft Punk, yeah. the fact that he, he directed the first video of Daft Punk. Yeah. The at the time, Emmanuel de Burtel, who was the head of Virgin France, mm -hmm. was connected with uh, Spike, and wow. uh, he sent and he sent me uh, a fax saying, "Okay, Spike, he uh, likes you know Daft Punk, and he will be up to uh, to 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 write a video." And Thomas Angiman didn't know who, and in fact, no one knew who Spike Jones was, you know, because we are like <laughs> in 1996 yeah. and yeah. only the people like me who were reading, you know, Trans World or Trasher magazine, the skateboard yeah. uh, magazine, because at the time he was taking photos of, 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 of Mark Gonzalez or Jason Lee. Yeah. Uh, and he was, he was a skateboard photographer. Uh, I think he probably, uh, he did like probably like the Wizard and maybe one Beastie Boys video, but not oh, that yeah, much. Beastie it, Boys it, was, it, it was the early years of, of Spike. So, but mm. I just, my only, uh, I, you know, of course it was Thomas and Giman's choice at the end, but my only thing was, Oh, we have to check these guys out. You know, he's, he's part of our world. 
definitely uh, let's see what he has in his pocket. And he came up with the dog head video, you know. Yeah. And, wow. and Thomas and yeah. Kiman, they loved they loved it. And and yeah. and, and 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 we 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 work with him. So that was a, a an exciting story for me because it was like the the perfect connection of my new life with Daft Punk and uh, my uh, skateboard uh, love. You know, like I'm I'm very very yeah. attached to the skateboard culture. You know, as yeah. as yeah. much for me by two foundation are skateboarding and house music, and mm-hmm. and probably you know when uh, Armand you're you're telling. Uh, uh, you're telling me I'm a bit different. It's because maybe those two inspirations are not yeah. common, you know, associated yeah, together. Sure. Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. And, and this is what made, you know, and draw, drive all my choices, you know. Yeah. But uh, what else, you know, on, on Justice, you know, like I, uh, uh, they didn't want to put dance on their record. <laughs> on the album? Is, yeah. Yeah, on the album, they didn't want to yeah, put really? it. So I, ha- I had to tell them, yeah, guys, we we can't get rid of this song. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Cassius, I love you so. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. You know, it's me and Mehdi who kind of steal it from Cassius' uh, computer. We told them <laughs> they were playing they were playing some uh, demos and they said, oh, we have this, but we're not going to release it. And it was, I love you so. So uh, I decided to, to, I proposed them to release it on Ed Banger. So yeah, I, but again, like, uh, 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 what else? Uh, Daft Punk Coachella 2006, you know, at the that's time. That's a big one. <laughs> yes. so that, 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 that's yes. a big one, uh, especially because at the time, it, it was easy. I was receiving tons of uh, proposal for Daft Punk to play DJ or live. And mm-hmm. Thomas and Emmanuel, they told me one thing, just say no. So my, my life, my job was to say no to everybody. <laughs> I was saying no to uh, Janet Jackson, saying no to uh, George Michael, saying no to Bjork, yeah. saying no to Madonna. Wow. Yeah, it was. I'm a good diplomat. I'm yes. good at diplomacy. Wow. Yes, you are. <laughs> I, wa- I was saying no with a smile. But... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, but one day, instead of uh, replying automatically, you know, oh, thank you for your proposal, but Daft Punk, I'm not doing right now. Mm-hmm. I, I read the email a few times and it was a proposal to play Coachella 2006. I think, uh, the proposal was something like $300,000 which mm-hmm. can sound ridiculous today, you know, when you think of Daft Punk. Yeah, yeah, but sure. w- when I read the numbers, I was like, wow, $300,000 for <laughs> a, da- a, a, a Daft Punk show. I said, okay. And, and then I read Coachella. And again, Coachella for me rings my wings rebel because I'm an indie kid. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of, of Pearl Jam and, and the Beastie Boys. And I was like, wow, those guys did Coachella. So the festivals mean something. Yeah. It was still the beginning, you know, of Coachella. You know, it was like mm-hmm. the fifth yeah. or sixth ed- mm-hmm. edition of Coachella. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it wasn't as 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 big as today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I decided to call Thomas Engiman and I said, let's come to the office. I have like a, receive an offer that it's pretty different from the others, you know. So they mm-hmm. came to the office and uh, look at the numbers, look at the festival. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, they had something in their head, the both of them. And, uh, they told me to, okay, for once, don't say no, let's think about it. And they came back a few days later with a, a crazy a master plan. Let's, let's accept the offer. Let's take the 300,000 
dollars and let's put 100% of the fee into the production. And they came up with the pyramid. And let me tell you that uh, it changed everything for them, for Coachella, mm-hmm. for me, for it, it was insane. You know, people know the, yeah. the, 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 the images of the, the, the pyramid. But yeah, it's, yeah. it was definitely a, a, a magical moment. And uh, so sometimes what I say, it's worth not to reply quickly. Yeah, yeah, read, yeah, yeah, yeah. Read your email twice. <laughs> sleep, sleep on it. <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, this is great. What do you have over it? Oh, what? Ah, wow. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Of course you saved it for that. <laughs> I don't even know when this is from. What is that thing? It's crazy. You know what? It's all no, glossy. I, high gloss. Oh, wow. Wow. Barbara wow. Streisand. Wow. Okay. It's, it's crazy. It's, in fact, yeah. you know what? It's yeah. just a, a, a fun fact. Uh, yeah. uh, Alex, a guy who was working with me at Headbanger. Uh, mm. I, I told him I was uh, having a chat with you guys tonight and he was in the US I don't know like uh, I don't know 10 years ago mm. uh, and, and he had a student job at a festival he had to give this to the crowd <laughs> yes <laughs> and it was a festival with you guys yeah. uh, he told me he told me Lunis uh, Major Laser like okay. a big festival in yeah. LA and, yeah. okay. and he kept and he kept those and he, he brought That's it so to cool. today. So shout yeah. out, Alex. Thank you. Shout for out, the, Alex. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's funny. Cool. No, no, it was it that's was amazing cool. to to talk with you guys, uh, bringing yeah. all those uh, great memories. Uh, and 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 for people yeah. again, me, I I like to to give positive messages to the younger crowd. Believe mm-hmm. in what you do. Try to do mm-hmm. things differently. Mix things that doesn't match together. Yeah, number uh, one thing, yeah, number one. You know, thing. Uh, yeah. and uh, yeah. and uh, and and of course, you know, we we are very lucky, but have fun as much as you can. You know, life life is short, and uh, when you think too much, when it's becoming, uh, you know, too uh, you know too too complicated, it's not good. You know, you have yeah, to yeah. you have to enjoy what you what you're doing and believe, and uh, yeah, and again, mix 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 things together. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Alchemy. Pedro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. Thank Great you. Great to have you, man. Thank you. You. Hey, thank you for having me. Voila. Let's okay. listen to some music. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. Do, do, next time. You're no next good. Time. You're no good. <laughs> yeah. Next time we'll, yeah. Di- we'll dig. We'll dig yeah. into all those, all those, those records. Oh, word. Wow. I just, I just got an actual, I started using an SP1200 a few months ago. Wow. Yeah, it's fun. That's that is, is that fun. the J Dilla box set? Yeah, the J Dilla nice, box. Nice. Yeah, yeah, but because again, you know, we could we could speak about thousand of stuff. We could talk for hours. We could talk for hours. But J Dilla, J Dilla, you know, uh, yeah. forever in our hearts. But mm-hmm. in Miami, you know, I met I met J Dilla in Miami again. Oh, winter yeah? music conference. Yes, winter music conference. Um, and uh, in fact. Uh, DJ Spina, uh, Kenny mm. Dope, uh, mm-hmm. we are DJ, we are DJing like, uh, uh, at the, what the, what the name of the studio in, uh, it used to be the guy from Island and he, I don't know. Island Records? Yes. And, and yeah, he, oh. he used to, uh, I um, the name of, it was in a hotel and the studio was in the, in the back of the hotel. 
Oh, okay. Marlin, 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 okay. Marlin. Yeah, the Marlin, the Marlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. I met, and I met, yeah. and I met yeah. JD Lavin. Chris Blackwell. Chris yeah, Blackwell. Chris Blackwell. Yes, yes Chris exactly, Blackwell. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Marlin and uh, we're and old, Kenido. but we remember. Yeah, <laughs> Spina uh, <laughs> had a party, and I met uh, JD Lavin. And this is at wow. the time when I've asked him to to do a remix of Daft Punk. Yeah. So yeah. We, this okay. is another chapter. We'll speak about yeah. it in chapter yeah. two if we are. Yeah. 10,000 like on this video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Great to see you, Pedro, thank, for sure. Thank you, Super Alain. Love to you, thank man. you, Super Alain. Sure. Uh, yes. And let's uh, see you in the next 20 years. The yes. party continues. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Peace. Ciao. Cool. All right. Bye.